This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I am your host, Lindsay, and I'm so happy you're here today. I've got a fun episode with Katie Allen. This is episode four. Katie is the woman behind the wildly popular Instagram account, and she's got a wonderful website called Savoring the Flavoring. Katie's theory is cook your own food, eat good, nutritious, homemade meals made from quality, fresh, whole food ingredients. Give your body what it needs and it will do its thing. No diets required. I love that. In this episode, Katie gives us some great meal planning ideas. She shares with us why she loves the farmer's market so much and why we should all be going to our local farmer's market, how to make the best fried green tomato out there, and why she uses avocado oil for certain recipes. I had all kinds of cooking questions because I'm not a great cook and I want to be a better cook. So Katie drops the knowledge to us in this episode. It's a fun one, and you're going to walk away knowing how to make the bomb salad dressing recipe that she shares with us as well. I cannot wait to use this recipe. Katie is also the mother of three boys. She lives down in Georgia with her three sons and husband. And she has dreams one day of having her own cooking show. Dream big, why not? I love it. All right, friends, if you enjoy this podcast episode or any of the episodes we've put out so far, make sure you leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening. That is an amazing way you can support the show and we appreciate each and every review so very much. Reminder, anybody who leaves a rating and review this month of October, you will be entered to win the Ada Lace series, which is the children's book series written by our first guest, Emily Calandrelli. Okay, you can find all of the show notes, the recipes, Everything Katie and I talked about in this episode over at sandyboyproductions.com. If you want to join our mailing list so that that can be sent straight to your inbox every week, give Emma, my production assistant, an email, emma at sandyboyproductions.com, and we'll get you added to that list. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Katie Allen. Well, today on the podcast, I'm excited to welcome Katie Allen to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, you are such a fun follow on Instagram. My friend Ashley pointed you out to me a while back. And when I had this idea to start a parenting type podcast, you were on my list of people to get on the show. So thanks for being one of the first ones. I am I am honored. And I, and I was late and I'm so, so sorry again. Oh my gosh. Don't be sorry. Everybody is doing crazy things right now. Um, especially with kids like going back to school, not going back to school. Um, you have three boys. I have four boys. So we're both boy moms. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you guys are back at school. We, yes, we are back at school. Our, um, our, we are in the city schools where we are. I don't know how it is where you are. There's like county schools and city schools here. So we're in the city school system. Um, it's not been really bad where I am. So county schools all went back full time, normal schedule, all that. Um, and then city schools, for some reason, decided to go back on a hybrid schedule, even though we're all in the same <laughs> town. It's so confusing. So- yeah. So, um, so the boys would only be in school two days a week. So I was just kind of, you know, we didn't know how long they were planning on doing that. We've been looking at this other school anyway, a private school nearby. So we just kind of decided, okay, well, this is kind of our sign. This is the time to do it. So we, we did it and they've been there for a couple weeks now. And surprisingly, it's been a smooth transition. So they're all in school full time. And they're loving it. Yeah. And it's so crazy because normally like back to school time, parents are like, yes, I'm so glad my kids are back from the summer. But now it's like, oh my gosh, not just from the summer, from like March, we've been home with our kids. Yeah. Yes. I, I was telling that I, I, they said, oh, summer went by so quickly. And I, I looked at them <laughs> at the table and I said, did it? Because <laughs> you guys have basically had a 
five months summer. I mean, they were still, you know, obviously doing work for a couple months of that, but it was, it, it wasn't a full day of work. It was maybe like an hour or two and that was it. So it was, it was, as you know, having four boys, it was, um, it was a challenge. Yeah, I was pretty lax this spring. I didn't do once when, when school they were pulled from school. I was kind of just like, we're gonna get through the spring and we're gonna do yeah. what we do. But like, I'm not holding anybody to any sort of standard because this is just out of nowhere. And yeah. um, with our two little, you know, my little ones are two. Are how old are they? They're two and three. Yeah. So it's like I was like, I'm just not gonna try to run school just like out of the blue like this because now my little two are in full-time daycare, but they just started two weeks ago. So then they were home, you know, cause their daycare is close too. Um, and at the time they were only going two days a week anyway. So we were just kind of like, we're going to just do this uh, bare minimum and we're going to read and th- that's what it's going to look like. So now that we're virtual, um, but it's like the real deal. I'm trying to kind of buckle down and make sure they're actually doing work, but it's still only here where we are. It's still only like three or so three ish hours a day for my second grader. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I wonder how that translates in terms of, are they learning everything that they would be learning in school anyway? And it's just, uh, I don't think, I just don't see how it's possible, honestly. Yeah. I mean, maybe some schools, but I was just talking to someone else about this. It's kind of like, teachers, the teachers that are going, are teaching virtual now that are, you know, normally teaching in person, like they haven't been long-term trained for this, right? You know, there are virtual teachers that have been trained to be virtual teachers, but this is kind of like everybody's getting thrown into this. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like next year for like the school systems that are basically home every you know, the whole year, what, what that's yeah. going to look like at the beginning, the first semester of next year. So we'll see. Well, good luck this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, Katie, I want to hear a little bit about your family. And, uh, for those who aren't following, Katie has a super popular Instagram and blog called savoring the flavoring. So maybe you can share with us how that got started. So that got started, um, gosh, I'm going to say five years ago, um, the Instagram probably about almost four, wait, like maybe like four ish years ago. And basically the, the, the driving force behind starting at the Instagram, um, and the blog was that I grew up, um, the daughter of a dietitian. So kind of healthy eating has always been just kind of second nature to me. And then when I had children, it obviously, as you know how it is, it it became even, even more of, of a, of a crucial thing for me is for them to eat really well. And, um, I, we, we were living in California at the time that all of my kids were born in Southern California. So there it's like, you're set up for success as Mm. it pertains to healthy living, healthy eating. Um, so there were year round farmers markets, there's access everywhere you look to, to really good, healthy food, like even fast food there. Um, a lot of places are fresh and healthy. Um, so when we moved to Georgia and we're kind of in a, a smaller town in Georgia, um, from there with all three boys, it was kind of all of a sudden a challenge to to feed them in the same way that I had been feeding them. So I thought, okay, well, most people are in this situation. Most people are not living in a Southern California or something like that where they have all this access to all this stuff. So, you know, maybe I use this as an opportunity to kind of help other people who might be in the same boat. Um, so that's kind of where I started the blog. It was just, I was making things and trying to, you know, feed my family in a healthful way, but, but also keep it accessible for other people who, you know, don't have five different whole foods within five (laughs) miles of them. Um, and, and on top of that, I think relating to the Instagram part of it, I did not, I'm 38, so I, I don't 
it, that didn't come naturally to me because I didn't just grow up with social media like uh-huh. a lot of the 20 somethings have. Um, so I wasn't really seeing anything I was connecting with on social media. And I wasn't seeing, you know, a lot of moms who were, who were kind of sharing like the nitty gritty or, um, you know, sharing stories that made me feel better about my own children. <laughs> I know that when my oldest was three years old, I, I literally took a parenting class because I was like, I'm sure I'm doing this wrong because he was just really, really difficult. So I wasn't seeing other moms talk about that kind of stuff. I was, I was seeing at least what I was internalizing was I was seeing, oh, everyone else's kids are perfect. Uh-huh. Everyone else's moms are perfect and mine's not, and I'm a failure. And so I kind of, you know, wanted to start showing other moms that, that again, might not be represented on social media. I wanted to start maybe being one of those moms for them. I love that. I have a journalism degree, so I, I, I love writing. So it was kind of like a fun little way to marry all those things in one. So like write little snippets every single day in the captions and cook and share and all that kind of stuff. That's so great. I love it so much. Why were you guys in California and why'd you move to Georgia? That's a kind question. So everyone <laughs> says, really? why did you move to Georgia? <laughs> um, so I, um, I was born and raised in Texas. Um, and then my father, my, my parents are, are divorced. Um, my father moved to Georgia when I was like 12, 13. And so I moved out to Georgia and lived with him through high school and then, you know, went away to college. And then pretty much right out of college, I had it in my head. You know, I, I have a journalism degree. I'm going to move to New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write for a magazine and I'm going to live there, you know, like Carrie from Sex and the City. Totally. And um, didn't we all? And <laughs> my dad, um, I grew up spending summers in Newport Beach, which is in Southern California because my dad had always had businesses out there. And so he really did not want me to move to New York City. He just thought, I do not want my baby girl to be living in this, this big city. It's so it's so grimy and scary. And like, you know, so he said, Okay, I know you want to move away far away. Why don't you move to California instead? I'm there half the time anyway. So that way you'll know someone. And he felt like it would be safer and more familiar. Um, so that's how I ended up moving there uh, and lived there for seven years, met my husband there, um, who he's actually from New York. So he's, he's also an East Coaster. Uh-huh. Um, and then had all my babies there. And then the thing about Southern California is it just you start to feel more and more claustrophobic because everyone's kind of on top of one another. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we just kind of were like, you know what? We, we need more space. We have three little boys, you know how it is. So we said, you know, look at what you can get in in Georgia compared to what you can get where we were in terms of like a house and everything. So we just made the decision when I think my youngest was, six months old when we decided to move, when we moved. That's a big um, move. So I had three children. Yeah. I had three children four and under and, um, we did the move and it, it was the best decision ever. We, you know, we have a lot of room for them to run around and we're closer to my husband's family as well. His family's all in New York and Virginia. So it's really been a good move. I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. Okay, so how did you and your husband meet? We met at work. Okay. And um, so I, I moved out to California, and I, I, I met him at work. He was in sales, and I was just kind of, you know, an admin. And we met, and he, his sense of humor was just – that's what I think that's what gets a lot of women, but that's totally. definitely the one thing. If you have that, it's like, oh, my gosh, I love you. Uh-huh. So – Um, so I, you know, figured out, oh, wow, you have a really good sense of humor. And then we became friends and we were friends for several months. And then one day we just kind of morphed into being more than friends. And then everything went pretty quickly after that. 
here you are three boys later. (laughs) Okay. So two things I was thinking of when you were talking about the Southern California thing and then like moving and not finding as many healthy options. I'm telling you, I bought a few years ago, I bought Rich Roll's cookbook. It's like a vegan cookbook, you know? And man, I opened that thing up and I live in Indiana. I mean, we have like health food stores, you know, scattered out everywhere and Whole Foods and whatever. Um, But I just opened that book and I'm like, these ingredients are so insane. And even though I like a lot of them are available, A, they're not year round because I don't live in uh, California, but B, you know, with three, four little kids, like I'm not stopping at three different stores to get different ingredients, right? Yeah, that's no. And that, and that's funny that you say that because that's, that's exactly how it felt. Like I felt, I felt like on Instagram, it was, if you were in like the health food space, then it's like, you're vegan. Like when I first started out, that's how it was. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, get chicory root and, you know, arrow root flour and, and chia powder and like all these different things that I'm like, what? <laughs> you can't, <laughs> I don't know how to get to those. Um, it's just, it's a lot of obscure ingredients. So yes, I, I feel you on that. And a lot of things, especially like with produce too, a lot of things you can only find in Southern California and most of us are not there. So yeah, it's like, and it takes such an organized mind too. I know it sounds silly, but like I was even just going through a cookbook yesterday and I was like, okay, pick out two recipes, figure out what you're going to go buy. But even just like going to the store with this like list of random weird ingredients, I, I felt like stressed about it. And let alone if you're taking kids with you while you're trying to pick up those ingredients, you're bound to forget something. Oh my gosh. Can you take the kids with you to the store? Um, I have moved away from it. <laughs> I was smart. I was just talking to this about this with my husband. I was like, I cannot believe how much I used to just haul all of them to the store with me. And um, now that our little two are in daycare full time and the big two are remote learning, like my husband works from home now too. I can just like run to the store all by myself. And now I can't believe I was hauling all these toddlers with me this whole time. It feels so luxurious. To just oh, go yeah. Home. oh yeah. I, if I, if I was ever in a, in a jam where I had to take any of the kids with me to the store, I, I'm in the worst mood when I get back because you know how it is. It's constant. They're grabbing things and putting it in the cart or asking, can I have this? Can we have that? And and you're like, stop, stop fighting, stop doing this, stop being loud. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I go either when they're in school now on Monday mornings or before I would go on Sunday afternoons. Oh, and leave them home with your husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be like, hi. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing I know, I remember people used to always comment on my Instagram, like, why are you taking all of your kids to the store? You can just do Instacart or, you know, like pick up. And I'm like, I don't know, just because we had time to kill. And, you know, I was like pretty much a partial stay at home mom. So I was like, we just, I thought it'd kill time and I'll also get the grocery shopping. Done. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I was thinking about when you were talking about moving, wanting to move to New York city, have you seen the show, the bold type? No. You should watch it. If Tell me. Are you into stuff like that? Are you into like Netflix and TV stuff? Well, I, I don't really, I don't really watch a lot of TV to be honest, just because during the day, like once the boys are gone, it's, you know, okay, got to get the work in, got to get the work in, got to do this, got to do that. Um, but there are a couple of things here and there that we try to watch. Like I, I, I got really into Outlander last mm-hmm. year. Um, and what else? Uh, my my nieces got me into Stranger Things earlier this summer, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just watch TV like once once I get my kids down for the night. I usually watch like one or two shows. Yeah. But the bold type, yeah, this will like make you just relive like what you didn't do in New York City, and you can just live through these girls because they're like young like early to mid twenties and they work for this magazine called Scarlet and they're all journalists doing their thing, living in the city. So you can live that dream through them. Oh, I'm making a note of this in my phone notes as we speak. The it's, bolt. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's like super mindless and fun, but they're, they're always hitting like relevant, timely topics and stuff as well. So yeah, it's a good one. 
I love fun shows. Okay, so let's dive in a little bit more to savoring the flavoring. Um, I love that. I think I read it on Instagram somewhere. I'm not sure where I read it, but it's somewhere in your your stuff that you kind of say food is meant to fuel the body and the soul. Yes. I love that because you are cooking healthy meals, but you are not restricting anything. And it seems like you're um, providing your family with this like really beautiful and clear outlook on what food should really be. Yes, I I try to. I think my that's probably the best thing my mom ever did for me was I just have always had a really, really, really great relationship with food. And it's I just every single thing about it, the smells, the sounds, the the tastes, obviously, um, I just love and I love experimenting with like growing things and and going to the farmer's market and and I've been so fortunate to work with so many different brands and get to go see how they how they do things, how they produce their products, how they raise their animals if there are animals involved. Um, and so I think that leads to having a lot of respect for for everything that goes into food as well and that's definitely something that I try to to teach them and pass on to them and I, I just, it, it makes me sad to think that anyone is out there feeling like they have to just like count calories every day and restrict everything that they eat. And, and I just, there's so many stresses that come up in life that I just, food should not be one of them. So I just, I want them to, I want them to have the same great relationship with food that, that I've always had. And also the same reverence for food and, and and farmers and, and animals and plants and all that kind of stuff that, that I've always had. Yeah. What, what do you do? You, I mean, your kids obviously see that you do this for work. Like this is your job. Yeah. How mm-hmm. do you talk to them about it? They, they're really funny. Um, they also <laughs> keep me very humble. And, um, they do little impressions of me and they'll kind of stand there and pretend like they're, you know, baking something for, for the camera and they'll be like, hi, oh, LOL, <laughs> even though I've never said LOL in my life. But um, that's funny. They, you know, they have fun with it. And I love, I have one of my kids, Luke, my youngest, is my biggest helper in the kitchen. So he'll come in there and he'll be like, can I help you with this? Can I help you with that? And my oldest um, has really been into experimenting lately with with different recipes. And he's like, oh, I got to perfect this recipe. So that makes me really happy. Um, but they kind of know at this point, uh, I always tell them the camera eats first for mm-hmm. me. So I'll, you know, I make their stuff, they go to the table with it. And then I, they always know, okay, she's going to take a picture <laughs> and then they'll come in sometimes. And, you know, especially my oldest will offer kind of suggestions for how to style things or, um, you know, maybe a garnish to put. So it's really, really cute. And we have fun with it. And, Um, my youngest is a little bit of a ham. He's definitely the biggest ham. So he'll do a lot of things for the camera sometimes like, you know, dance or, (laughs) or just little things. And he'll let me know, like, you can post this or do not post this. Uh (laughs) So they, um, I think they just, they see now after this many years of doing it, that it's kind of just a part of our lives. And, um, and they just kind of, they kind of roll with it. They don't, they're not really, they're not overly interested in it. They don't really, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they, um, they're not that impressed by me, but they're, they're really good. They have good relationships with food and, and they love, my little one, Luke loves helping me in the garden. And so he loves like helping me harvest stuff. So it's fun. I, I think I don't even, I've never really explained to them, I guess, like, Hey, this is exactly what I do, but they, they do see it and have fun with it. And one of my oldest son, I took him a couple years ago. I work with a pecan butter brand. Okay. Um, and they're based four hours south of us. And I had to go down there for a photo shoot a couple years ago. So I took my oldest out of school that day and he came down with me and he got to like be my little assistant on the shoot and he got to see how the pecan butter was made and, so it's little opportunities like that, I think, 
I, I love them having. That is so fun. I so for my podcast, I do like live shows sometimes. Not in 2020 anymore. <laughs> I did sneak. I did sneak one in in 2020. Oh, yeah, but I I brought also took my oldest son with me um, in February to the Olympic trials for the marathon, and he got to see me do some like one on one interviews and stuff. And it That's was so, so fun. Cool. Yeah, like it's so cool to be able to just say. I have the freedom to take my kid with me on a work trip. I know that not everybody has that freedom, but um, how cool is that? That's so cool. And I love them seeing us do, like seeing their moms do these things. I think that's so cool. Yeah. That's so fun that you took him with you. Yeah. I saw you posting some different things about the pecan butter. Oh my gosh. Tell everybody the salad dressing recipe that you just posted because it looks so good. Oh, okay. So I did this. um, There's this local like natural foods market nearby and they always have this. They sell these containers of chicken salad that has like kale and stuff in it too. But it's like, you know, a chicken salad's kind of like creamy. It's got Mm -hmm. like the mayo and stuff in it. So I was like, oh, I love this salad. And I'm thinking I can make this at home, but better. So I'm like, what if I put pecan butter in with the mayo and it's kind of like a creamy pecan dressing. So I did, it was so simple. I did like a dollop equal amounts probably of mayo and the sea salt pecan butter, which is literally just pecans and sea salt. Okay. Um, and then I did a squeeze of fresh lemon juice and some sea salt. And I think a little bit of pepper and just like whisked it up and tossed it with kale and chicken and, boiled egg and some um, grain-free granola. And I think there were blueberries in there and chicken, obviously. And it was so good. That sounds so good. I would never think to do pecan butter for salad dressing. I know. it's. I've been, I've been trying to play around with it more um, in savory things because everyone, I think, thinks of it as kind of more of a sweet thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but it's it's been doing really well. I've been using it in place of peanut butter too, and um, and like Thai style type kind of sauce. Oh yeah, and it's it's been really good there too. I love peanut butter, but I know that a lot of people don't eat it for whatever reason. So I thought, you know, it's a good way to incorporate a, a different type of nut butter into those types of recipes. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that like almond butter is better for you and like a lot of other nut butters are better than peanut butter, but you know, like when you have four little boys eating peanut butter and jellies a lot, like it's hard to not just buy like straight up Jif peanut butter because they're going through it so fast. Yes. Yes. Cause I'm not going to buy a $20 jar of almond butter for them. Yes. Twice a week. Yeah. Totally know where you're coming from. Yeah, like I have my own little jar, and I'm like, yes. is that terrible that you're just giving yourself the good stuff and you're giving no. them the cheap peanut butter? <laughs> Not at all. That's economical, is what I call it. I have. I told my husband I need a different pantry um, for my for my work stuff because you know brands will send stuff, mm-hmm. and my husband will come along and he's a big snacker, and uh-huh. he'll come along and find it. And he'll just open it up and eat it all. And so I'm like, you know, I need a separate pantry for this stuff. But I also need a separate pantry for like my, you know, pricier little uh-huh. foods because those are off limits. I'm like, nope, do not touch this chocolate. Don't touch this. They have you heard of Smart Sweets? I think so. They're like a lower sugar, you know, kind of little. They're like gummy candies and stuff. And I love them, but they're like three or $4 per little bag. So I'm not going to be, they would just kind of wolf it all down and uh-huh. not even respect the food. So <laughs> I'm like, no, you cannot have this. This is mine. Yeah. You all get the jelly bellies or whatever, yeah. the Starburst, whatever. <laughs> the, the fancy candy is for mom. Exactly. This is mommy's. The, the $6 chocolate bar is mine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally. Um, okay. Convince us all to start shopping at our local farmer's market. I know you're really into that. Oh, such a, such a good question. Um, or a statement. Uh, okay. I mean, so many reasons. I think I just did a post about this a couple weeks ago, but number one, farmer's market. So everyone talks about, you know, organics are more expensive, but the cool thing about farmer's markets that a lot of people don't realize 
is that these, number one, are local farmers. So you're supporting your local economy and your local community members and your local farmers by going to the farmer's market. Um, but also, a lot of the time, these people are using organic practices. They just don't want to pay the money for the certification. Mm -hmm. So you're getting the same thing as you would get at the store, but a lot of the time for half the price because they, you're cutting out the middleman, all the middleman, the middleman. You're, you're, you don't have to pay for all the extra paperwork and stuff that they have to do for, or like the transport or anything like that. So you're getting it at great prices and it's local, which means that it hasn't, like I said, traveled 2000 miles to get to your plate. So what that means is number one, it's obviously fresher, which means that it also has more nutrients in it still because after 24 hours, you know, the nutrients, the, they start to kind of dissipate a little bit. So the sooner you plucked that from the tree or the bush or the ground or wherever, the better in terms of how nutrient rich it is. Um, with it being local, that's also going to mean that if it was grown in local soil. And a lot of the time that means it's just going to be better for you individually because you're being exposed to, I'm getting so dorky now, but you're getting exposed I love it. to all that like good bacteria and all that life that's in that local soil. You're that's where that was grown. So that's great for you to take in. Um, on top of that, at farmers markets, it's always going to be seasonal food, obviously. So, you know, if you're, if you're in New York, obviously they're not going to, you know, if it's like in November, they're not going to have a bunch of things that they would still have in California. Um, so everything is going to be at its peak flavor because it's seasonal. So you will have things at a farmer's market that taste impossibly good. Like they're just, like you're like, wow, and nothing will measure up to it at the grocery store because these things were all picked like a couple weeks ago. And, you know, maybe they're not seasonal. Maybe they're not really local. They're probably not. Um, so it's just like you're supporting your community. You're, you're getting out there and you're amongst your community, which I love. You're fostering this sense of like, you know, we're all in this together and we're all supporting each other. And you find really cool stuff too at a farmer's market that you will not find at a grocery store. At a grocery store, you go in, you have a list. Those are the things you get. You don't really look at anything else. You don't really notice new things if there are new things. At a farmer's market, you kind of have to reprogram your mind and you go in and you don't really necessarily know what all you're going to come out with because there's always something new and, and you know, you see what looks good and what doesn't look good. And, and then you plan your meals around that. So I just, it's just the most exciting part of my week. <laughs> I love it. Do you go, you go every Saturday? Every single Saturday. Now, do you go alone or do you always take your kids? Is it a family thing? That's a great question. It's, it's most often a family thing. Um, Saturdays, so Sundays I make a big breakfast and we kind of hang out around the house. Saturdays we get up. And we go get donuts. So when it's off season for the farmer's market, we always, usually my husband will take them to go get donuts and then come back. But for farmer's market season, usually we'll all get up, we'll all go out and get them donuts together. And then while we're out, we'll also hit the farmer's market. And the boys love it because they get, there's this one vendor that they have like this peach iced tea that they love mm -hmm. and there's another one that does popsicles. So they love, they love going for all the treats and oh, like yeah. honey and things. So, um, and there's a fountain there that they'll go and sit by and kind of cool down. And they always have, you know, a guy singing or something like that on a guitar. So they, um, they love it. My husband loves the cold brew, but we had to make a deal at the beginning of this year. I don't know if all men are like this, but <laughs> he'll stand there next to me. And he'll kind of go, uh, do we really need that? I don't think we need that. Do uh -huh. you really need that? And I'll give him a look, like just a withering look, like you better, <laughs> you better stop or you're not invited anymore. So 
we made a deal that I was like, this is groceries. Okay. This is not like me buying a purse. I'm not playing. Yeah. Yeah. So just let me live at the farmer's market. I mean, I am playing, but (laughs) the food that's going to be on your plate. Yeah. My husband is like, He's not anti-farmer's market for the reasons you said you should go. I just, he just like doesn't want to be around the crowds and like, also our kids are still really little and there's so many of them that he's like, they're so annoying at the farmer's market. (laughs) Um, I don't want to deal with them there. So we don't go as much as we should, but we should go. I should just, what I should do at this point is just go with our big two and leave him at home with the little two because Yeah. yeah, I mean. I get, I get what he's saying, but there is something, I mean, I remember going to the farmer's market as a little girl and eating the honeysuckle and that being super exciting. Yeah, you should. T- so that should be your goal this weekend. Okay. Cause I do that sometimes if we, I always take at least one of the kids. Yeah. So if we don't all go, then I'll pick one of the boys and I'll be like, you know, who wants to go to the farmer's market? And that's the boy that will go with me. So it's like a fun, fun little mommy and, and, and Luke date or fun mommy you know fun mommy for date whoever wants to come yeah that's what you should do one-on-one time for sure okay well maybe we'll go this weekend okay tell me if you can in a podcast I think you can um tell me how to make a really good fried green tomato okay so fried green tomatoes are big down here in Georgia I love them Uh, so much it's fun because most people grow tomatoes, I feel like, even if you just have like a pot on your on your porch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously all a green tomato is is just a tomato that's not ripe yet. So you can really make them out of most any larger tomato. Um, so you just, you take a green tomato and the way I do it is I, you know, you, you slice it into maybe like half inch thick green tomatoes are really firm still so it's good so it doesn't just like fall apart like a like a ripe tomato and then there's this stuff and you can make it too if you can't get a hold of it but there's this stuff I love called pork panko okay and do you know what pork rinds are uh yes I do okay so I've never actually had a pork rind but apparently they're they're kind of like um they're almost like okay do you know what funions are yes so they're almost, I, 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 that's like a guilty pleasure. I love Funyuns. Like if, <laughs> if we're on a road trip, I will get Funyuns. But um, uh, it's kind of like a consistency of that, um, a pork rind that is. But so these are basically pork rinds that they ground into like panko type breadcrumbs. Okay. So that was like grain free and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just really like the whole food nature of it and the, and the, the consistency of it. Um, so, so that's why I love it. Cause we're not grain free, but, um, so I'll take my slices of tomato and then I'll dredge them in cassava flour. You can use regular flour. If you like, you can use gluten-free all-purpose flour. If you're gluten-free, um, cassava flour is gluten-free too. Uh, but so I'll dredge them just lightly in flour. And what the flour does, I just had someone ask me this the other day. So I'll explain it. Yes. What the flour does is it creates kind of like a little glue because the next step after you lightly dredge it in flour on both sides is you dip it really quickly into a beaten egg. Okay. And then you dip it into the breadcrumbs. So what the flour does is it gives that egg something to adhere to. So that it's, it almost makes like a little glue for the breadcrumbs. So, so that's, that's, that's the order of that. So flour, egg, breadcrumbs. And then you fry it? And then, yeah. And then I just, I don't even deep fry it. I just put, you know, a little bit of avocado oil in a cast iron skillet. And then it takes maybe like a couple minutes per side and you're good. Okay. So why avocado oil? So avocado oil just has a high smoke point. That's why anything that's like high heat cooking, like frying, uh, it, it doesn't. So basically when there's an oil that has a low smoke point, like olive oil, for instance, which the smoke point's going to be like 350 degrees, mm-hmm. um, avocado oil, I think is like 450. So olive oil will break down and kind of, could kind of give off some, some, I don't want to say chemicals because that's not the right word, but it, it just, 
it it degrades the product. Okay. Essentially. Okay. Um. So because its smoke point is lower, it's going to be all smoky and and damage basically the fat, the natural fats that are in the oil. So avocado oil can withstand a lot more heat. So that's why I use that for for high heat cooking. See, I always get confused. I know that that's I know that the fact that you don't want to do high heat cooking with olive oil, but I still cook everything with olive oil because I'm always like, well, is this high heat? I don't know. <laughs> no, if that's if that's all I have, then I'll use it. I'm not I'm not scared. To, there there are some purists, but uh, I'm not a purist at all. But I do pretty much always have avocado oil on hand, and I just kind of know, like, okay, if I'm roasting something like 400 or above, then I'm probably going to use avocado oil. But I've used olive oil. And I've lived to tell the tale. <laughs> what do you what do you like do you saute vegetables with on like a stovetop? Um, you know what? I like to use ghee a lot for that because ghee also has a higher smoke point. Okay. Like all, or like avocado oil, but it has the flavor of butter. Oh. So I don't, I don't buy that. I've never bought that. Ghee, do you know what ghee is? No. Okay. So do you know what clarified butter is? Like when you have lobster and you're dipping into the butter. Okay. That's clarified butter. Okay. So basically how it works is you melt down butter until the milk solids, like all that foam that kind of comes up, uh-huh. until the milk solids kind of fall down to the bottom of this of the saucepan and brown. And then you strain the butter to strain out those milk solids. And so you're you're just left with essentially like the oil from the butter. Okay. And then I refrigerate it so it kind of solidifies back up, and that's ghee. So it's a, it's basically just removing the milk solids, which is where all the lactose is. Um, so pe- people who have issues with dairy and ghee because all the milk solids have been removed, and since the milk solids are the thing that burns um, at a lower at a lower temperature, then the smoke point is a lot higher of ghee than it is with butter. So you make your own ghee. You don't buy this at the I store. Oh, well, I make my own, but you, there are so many different brands now. Over the last probably five years, it's really blown up. So you can find ghee in the cooking oil section. And even, I think they might have some in the butter section at some stores as well. Um, but you don't have to refrigerate it. So you can find it in the cooking oil section at pretty much any grocery store now. Wow. But it's so easy to make your own. And Nothing tastes better than homemade. I think I might have to put my husband on that though. Yep. <laughs> I can do it. No, I can Give do it. Job. I, I say that because he does a lot of the cooking at our house, which is just the way we roll. Oh, cool. I love that. Yeah. He's a, well, <laughs> I he, love that. I love the board of seeing that too. Yeah. I mean, I will stand in the kitchen paralyzed. Like, what do I do? I mean, if I have a plan or a recipe, cool. But he, the reason he cooks more is because he'll just be like, yeah, we'll just make this tonight. And he just like, doesn't think about it and just whips whatever up. Whereas I'm like, I need a plan. I need to know what the side's going to be. <laughs> so I make it into this, yeah, big production. <laughs> See, and that's, that's very cool because like people who ha- who are at ease like that and they can just throw things together. A lot of the time that food is just the most phenomenal food you've ever had anyway. So that's, yeah. I think that's a really good deal. It is a good deal. And he is, he is a good cook. He's really good at it. Um, his, he makes fancy, we, what we have is fancy grilled cheese a lot. So it's just like, you know, whatever vegetables or sauce he comes up with and just puts it on, you know, some good bread and some cheese. And that's what we have for dinner a lot. That's what you need. I love that. That's a very Italian style of cooking too. Cause they're just really like very simple. Let's just, as long as the ingredients are good, then the resulting dish will be good, but okay. they keep it simple. I love it. Okay. Let's finish off with a couple meal planning tips and then uh, we'll wrap up with end of podcast questions. So um, do you have any tips for the listeners for like, you know how I said I was, just, I stand in my kitchen, like paralyzed. What do I do? Um, yeah. Fix me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think so. My my husband is actually that same exact way in the kitchen. Um, if he's ever, you know, if it's my birthday or Mother's Day or something like that, he's very sweet and he tries to take control and like whip something up for me, and it's very cute. But the thing that he always complains about is like what you're saying. Like he'll get in there 
And for him, it's about the timing of everything. So Mm. usually he'll, you know, he'll be trying to make like the whole thing. So like a main dish and then like a vegetable and then some sort of starch. So he just gets very overwhelmed with the timing of everything. Uh, So for that, I think a good way to approach it is, I mean, obviously crock pots are fantastic for that kind of thing because you can just throw everything in and, you know, leave for the day or whatever and come home and dinner is pretty much ready. Uh, so crock pots, I absolutely love, but also you can use your crock pot for maybe if you're like, okay, well I'm going to do chicken with rice, whatever you can start the rice in the crock pot and then you're good. You don't have to worry about the rice and it's just dumping it in there and you're good. So you don't have to worry about like timing it to be done, you know, at a certain time because it'll just do its thing. Um, also just having things on hand that make it simple to get those sides done. Like frozen vegetables are fantastic. And a lot of the time they're going to actually be fresher than something you might find in the produce section. If it's not like a local Mm -hmm. produce, because a lot of the time, the way that they're doing it, they're flash freezing right after they've harvested. So that's a great option because you can just toss it in a saucepan or a skillet or the microwave or wherever. And that's going to be your vegetables done in like three minutes. So just, you know, little, little shortcuts like that are awesome. If you get overwhelmed in the kitchen, um, another tip is I, I am very, very fastidious with my grocery list. Mm. So like I said, at the farmer's market, it's a little different. I'll go in having an idea of things I definitely need for the week, but I do tend to like pivot more, um, during farmer's market season, just because I want to go with what looks good and what's fresh and what they have available at the market. But the rest of the year, I am, I am very, very organized with my grocery list. And the second that I see that we're running low on something, I add it to the list. Um, the second I'm like, okay, I, I want to make this. So I'll need this, this, and this. I add that to the list. And the way that I do my grocery list on one side, I write down all the things I want to make for the week. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, dinner, lunch, whatever. Um, and then on the other side, I will write down all the ingredients that I need to make those things. And to make sure that when it's time to grocery shop, I'm not standing there in front of the fridge and the pantry for an hour before I have to leave seeing like, okay, what all do I need? Oh, and then getting overwhelmed and just kind of being like, forget it. I'm not even going to go. Uh, so I think just organization and in that regard is, is huge in terms of not getting overwhelmed and then just having a really well-stocked spice cabinet. Is, is because I know that anyone that I ever talk to who feels like they're not a good cook, usually all it is, is they're afraid of spices and herbs and they don't know how to apply them to their cooking and they don't know, you know, what combinations go with what. So I think if you, you always good of, of spices and herbs in your house, you're good. Like you can do pretty much anything and you don't even really need a ton. You don't need like obscure spices, just, you know, maybe like seven or eight. And, and that's pretty much you're you're good. You've got everything covered and like garlic powder, onion powder, oregano, you know, cumin, um, obviously sea salt and pepper, cinnamon. And then you can kind of, you know, Oh, thyme, dry thyme is a big one. And you can get fancy from there. Chili powder. Um, you can make pretty much anything with those. And I think not being afraid of fat, not being afraid of, of salt. And it's just, you, you, you start to learn what goes with what. And also I think if you're always confident and knowing that you have all everything you need to make a quick dinner, then that gives you confidence in the kitchen too. I mean, if you have eggs, you're good. What's your go-to like 
like all seasoning mixture. And do you buy your seasoning from anywhere special? I recently saw a thread in like the local Midtown parents group about this like special place that everybody goes and buys their seasoning from. That's not just the regular grocery store. It's like literally a season store. Oh, wow. We don't have anything cool like that. I can't remember Uh, what it's called. I've still never been, but everybody was raving like the spices are so much better here. What you know, there's like the bulk spices at, at pretty much any grocery store or like natural foods market. But to be honest, I never really do those. I just kind of always get, you know, in the spice aisle, get, I get those spices. But one thing that I do always recommend to everyone is there's this, um, it's actually a local brand in Atlanta called Beautiful Briny Sea. And they do all these sea salt and sugar blends. And so their sea salt blends, I have pretty much every single flavor they've ever done. And I always tell people, if you only have room in your spice cabinet for like one thing, then get a sea salt blend because it'll cover all your bases, you know, quickly and, and affordably. And so their, their one blend, it's called their, the French picnic sea salt blend Um, it's just, it's a really, really, that's my favorite, just kind of all purpose spice and salt blend that they do. And I think they sell them in Williams Sonoma and, you know, they have them online, obviously Uh, a lot of whole foods have them, but I love everything that they do. Okay. I just looked it up. The spice place I was talking about in case there are any local Indianapolis listeners is called Pinsy's Spices. Nice. Now I have to come to Indianapolis. Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't know if it's a chain, but it seems like it might be local. So yeah. Pinsy's Spices. It's it's actually right by Trader Joe's. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. You can, you can go get the every, everything bagel seasoning at Trader Joe's and then go to Pinsy's. <laughs> yes. Although now every single grocery store has their own version of the everything bagel. Oh, really? Oh yeah. All of them. So Trader Joe's is probably like, man, Really? <laughs> Enough people posted about that on Instagram that someone someone working the social media at grocery store chains picked up on it. <laughs> exactly. I was actually really excited when they started carrying it everywhere else too because I had I was just having to make my own at home because uh-huh. closest Trader Joe's is like an hour away. Okay. Oh, so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm making it on my own, just like most other things. Oh my gosh! Yeah, not driving an hour unless it's like. You know, you got yeah. something else going, going better on be over cool there. I'm driving for an hour. Yeah. Um, okay, Katie. Well, this has been fun. Let's. Um, I've got a couple of questions at the end here. What's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Oh, that's a good question. I would love my own show. Oh, fun! Like a cooking show. Yeah. Are you gonna do it? I would. I would love for my husband to be involved <laughs> with it somehow. Uh, I don't even know what that would look like, but um, he refuses to even be on my Instagram, so <laughs> private. So uh, I doubt I could ever get him on. But I have been in talks, so we um, we'll see what happens. Oh my gosh, yes, I I totally know what you mean in that regard as well. I'm always like, I wish my husband would be more involved in everything I have going on too. It's just more fun together. Yeah, I'm always begging, please, can we do this? Can we do that? And he's just, because he, he's really funny. Um, like, you know, he kept he keeps telling me, you need to start a podcast. And I'm like, well, I'll do it if you do it with me. And he's like, nope. <laughs> so, so I'm like, well, there's your answer then. You totally should. You would be good at it. Thank you. I'll, I'll ask him for tips if I ever do. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, okay, and what's the best, most recent book you've read? Ooh, okay. So I feel like there are two types of readers. And the first type is someone who finishes one book before they start another. Uh-huh. And I'm the second type, <laughs> which which is the person who has like 5 million books going on at any given moment. Um, I have a book called The Lost Art of Reading Nature's Signs. So it's it's pretty interesting, actually, but it's very long. It talks about just all these different things that humans have kind of stopped paying attention to like cues that nature gives us like animals and weather and plants and all this kind of stuff that we've kind of become detached from because we're 
you know, so we're just like busy all the time. We're running from A to B and we're on our technology and we're not paying attention. And so that's been a really cool book. Um, that does sound cool. I'm reading a book called Superhuman by Dave Asprey. I don't know if you know him. He's the bulletproof guy. Okay. Um, and it just talks about um, basically aging and his big thing is biohacking. So he he's kind of trying to figure out how to live forever type of thing. So wow. Uh, that's pretty interesting. And then I have another book on, um, it's called America's Reluctant Prince. And it's about JFK Jr. Because okay. I love uh, the Kennedys. And then the other one here is a book about Daniel Boone. You have <laughs> so, four going. I usually have two going, never four. Yes, four. I've got four going. And it's and they're, they're just like, they run the gamut in terms of, of subjects. Oh, that's so awesome. Hold what do you have going? Hold on just a second. My son's friend is FaceTiming me. I got to tell him. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it, my, you know, my kids, my son, he's in kindergarten. It's like, he doesn't have any like, you know, cause some kids do like Facebook messenger with each other. But now that this is a kid from his class last year and they're not in school together anymore. And so he's like, oh, always FaceTimes Aww. my phone. Oh, wait, this is a five-year-old or a six-year-old? Yes, a kindergartner. Oh, that's adorable. It's his buddy from his pre-K class last year. It's his one oh, very best friend. and um, So he still comes over sometimes, but he always FaceTimes my phone. <laughs> I love that. Um. Oh, what do I have going on? Okay, I am reading Essentialism, and that is a book about basically like what to focus on, what to say no to, basically like niching down your life so that you're not doing all the things and that you can do the things that you do love and that you are good at really well. I love that. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's helpful. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, I feel like it's kind of beating a dead horse a little bit at this point. I'm almost done, but, um, I think it's important to just remind ourselves of that, right? Like not over committing and, Yes. For women, especially women and mothers. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, and then the other book I'm reading, oh, it's the, um, seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Huh. And this is by the same author that wrote the book, Daisy Jones and the six. And that book is so good. I don't know if you've read it. No, it's, um, Daisy Jones and the six is a book. Uh, it follows like a rock band in the sixties. And it's like, a it's like, years later and it's basically like interview style but the band members are all all talking as if they're being interviewed by someone it, it reads really cool like I've never read a book like this but it's so entertaining and you finish and you're just like I want to go listen to their music but they're not a real band Aww, I was gonna say wait is it fiction or not somebody told me it was loosely based on Fleetwood Mac but I don't know if that's true or not okay interesting Okay, Katie, here's the last question for the podcast. What is the message that you want to leave with the audience today? Hmm. Oh, gosh. That's like, what's the meaning of life? I know. Um, it's a big one. <laughs> I think just, I always, I, I, I mean, food related, it would be kind of what you said earlier, which is food is nourishment for both your body and your soul. To, so, you know, if there were one thing that I could do for people, it would be to help them find a great relationship with food, but, but not in a preachy way. So mm -hmm. just kind of like, this is, this is how it is. And this is what we do type of way. Um, and then I think just, especially for moms in particular, um, know that even though it might be tempting to think that, you know, your neighbor or this person that you follow on Instagram or whoever, that they know exactly what they're doing and they're doing everything perfectly and everything right. And you're not, um, that that's not the case. And that we, none of us really know what we're doing. And this whole mother kind of winging it as we go. And, um, to just, to just know that you're not alone. <laughs> that's, that's probably my, my biggest, my biggest thing with motherhood. Katie, thank you so much for doing this. This was super fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here today. Thank you, Katie, for sharing your story on this podcast, sharing all the great recipes and ideas. You all can find Katie on Instagram. She is savoring the flavoring 
Make sure you check us out on Instagram. We are Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have a Facebook group as well, Why Is Everyone Yelling? And we are part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. If you are into running at all, we have two great shows called All Have Another with Lindsay Hine and the Up and Running podcast with Lauren and Abby. And then we have another great podcast called the Illuminate podcast, where we highlight people in the world who are doing really amazing, good work. A lot of social entrepreneurs over there on that podcast, as well as people working for nonprofits and just dreaming big about helping others in this world. All right. Have a really great rest of your day and new episodes on this podcast drop every Tuesday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Have a great day, friends.